Welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 114, where we're going to pick it up in Proverbs chapter 22. Uh, Verse 2 says, Rich and poor have this in common, the Lord makes them all. Verse 4, Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, wealth, honor, and life. Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. To be in fear of the Lord is to be humble. Because when you lack humility, you're essentially putting yourself in the place of the Lord. And so if you fear the Lord, you have humility. And it results in wealth, honor, and life. And that wealth doesn't just mean financially. It could very well mean something entirely different. Wealth in relationships, wealth in health. There are many types of wealth. Verse 6. Start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. I know many of us have children, uh, and we desire them to follow in the footsteps of the Lord and to follow the Lord, and sometimes they disappoint us, uh, at least as we um, realize what they're doing today. But if the seeds were planted, I firmly believe that those seeds will be watered through the trials of life, and sooner or later those seeds will start to sprout. You may or you may not be alive to witness it, but we have to have faith that that will happen. Verse 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And so when you are a borrower, you are basically working for your lender. You know, when you have a mortgage, you, you have borrowed money from the bank, you're essentially working for the bank until your house is paid off. You know, if you have a car note, you're essentially working for the car company until that car is paid off. And so, you know, the borrower is slave to the lender. He's subservient to the lender. If you don't think so, just stop paying on that loan and see what happens. Verse 8, the one who sows injustice will reap disaster, and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. Mm. Verse 13, the slacker says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. What does that mean? The slacker, the the, the lazy, are always looking for an excuse to not do something. You ever had experience with that? Where people are looking for reasons not to do something. Or if they want to do something that they shouldn't do, they're looking for reasons to do it. And so we, we will become very creative in, in uh, justifying our actions or lack of actions. We'll, we'll make up all kind of stuff in order to rationalize why we haven't done something or why we have done something. And so that's what this essentially said. The slacker, you know, the one there's always somebody trying to get out of, you know, what they need to do in order to reap the reward. You know, they just want the reward. They don't want to do anything for it. Verse 14, the mouth of the forget, for, uh, the mouth of the forbidden woman is a deep pit. A man cursed by the Lord will fall into it. This is warning people, uh, you know, of, of um, adulterous affairs. This is the mouth. She may have a sweet mouth or he may have a sweet tongue, you know, but it's a deep pit. And the man cursed by God will fall into it. So if you're not if you're not careful, if you're not on guard, you will be subject to falling into that pit. 
And verse 29, do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. He will not stand in the presence of the unknown. We are all blessed with certain talents and abilities. The question is, do we exploit them? Do we, do we work as unto the Lord? You know, do we, um, do we do things with excellence? We're just saying here that if we do things with excellence, if we exercise our God-given abilities and talents, then we will stand in the presence of kings, meaning we will be noticed. We will be recognized. And then we will reap the rewards of that recognition. Chapter 23, let's drop down to verse 4. Don't wear yourself out to get rich because you know better. Stop. As soon as your eyes fly into it, or as soon as your eyes fly to it, it disappears. For it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. <laughs> and so it's saying, don't be raptured by fantasies of wealth. You know, you may see a path toward, towards it, and you may have this thing in your mind, and you start flocking towards it. The word says it'll fly away. <laughs> You'll never realize it. And so it doesn't mean that being rich is bad. It doesn't mean that being wealth, wealthy is awful. It's just trying to put these things into their proper perspective. Verse 9, don't speak to a fool, for he will despise the insight of your words. In other words, if you speak wisdom to a fool, your words are going to fall on deaf ears. He's not, he's not going to hear it. You know, and, and they're just going to fall out of his ears. It's going to go in one ear, out the other, or never penetrate at all. And so Solomon is essentially saying, don't waste your time. Verse 12, apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. Verse 13, don't withhold discipline from a youth. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Now, this flies in the face of present day culture, you know, because people equate things like spankings to beating and they equate it to abuse. That was ne it was never that way when I was growing up. You know, and I don't mean to sound like the old head, like in my time, in my day, this was, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just making an observation, you know. People got spankings and whoopings, whoopings all the time, and they weren't being beaten. You know, there wasn't abuse. It was because they were trying to correct the ways of the youth. And in most of those cases, those, those youth did not continue down that path. It saved them from something more heinous in the future. And so... <clears throat> You know, we, we, you know we, we're living in a time where if somebody, is, if a child is being disciplined in public, for instance, and somebody sees it, that person may feel energized to go over there and interject, you know, or call the police or something like that. And that's essentially saving that child's life. That, that spanking is essentially saving that child's life. Because if there are no consequences for doing wrong, then what's to dissuade the child from continuing to do wrong? Verse 14, punish him with a rod and you will rescue his life from Sheol. That's ex essentially what I was saying. <laughs> you, know, you know, punish him with the rod and you will rescue his life. You will prevent him from going down the dark path. That is for justifiable offenses. You know, every offense is not just, if a child doesn't finish their cereal, that doesn't mean it gets a whooping. I mean, some people can, can take this completely out of context. <clears throat> Verse 17, 
Don't let your heart envy sinners. Wow, this is a big one. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Instead, always fear the Lord. You see, a lot of times we'll see people who do wrong and we will interpret what they're doing as fun. It looks fun. It looks enticing. Uh, man, that looks like, I wish I could do that, but I know it's not right. Well, oh boy, but does that look fun? And so you start, you know, envying. Jealous, jealousy starts to creep into the picture and whatnot. It says, instead, always fear the Lord. Why? Because in the long run, those that fear the Lord are going to reap the benefits and those that disdain the Lord are going to reap the consequences. Verse 18, for then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. See, if you ignore the ways of the wicked, if you don't envy their ways, if you fear the Lord instead, your hope will not be dashed. Verse 16, listen, my son, and be wise. Keep your mind on the right course. Don't associate with those who drink too much wine or with those who gorge themselves on meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will become poor and grogginess will clothe them in rags. And so this is talking about people who get out of control in the excesses of their desires. They, they, they drink too much. They, they get drunk too much. They, they're gluttons. They do all of this stuff. They're, basically, this is pointing to an out-of-control life. See, So if your life is out of control and you hang around those people, then your life is subject to getting out of control. So that's why it says don't associate. Don't hang around those that do that. Verse 29, who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has conflicts? Who has complaints? Who has wounds for no reason? Who has red eyes? Those who linger over wine, those who go looking for mixed wine. See, if your drinking is out of control, then it will start to dominate your life. Then you will have woe, you will have sorrow, you will have conflicts, you will have complaints, you will have wounds for no reason, you'll have red eyes. You'll just be out of it. Verse 31, don't gaze at wine because it is red, because it gleams uh, in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and you will say absurd things. Amen to that. You know, when people get inebriated and out of control, they do and say weird things. You know, they're just out of control things. They're out of control. Let's go to chapter 24. First one, don't uh, envy the evil or desire to be with them. For their hearts plan violence, and their words stir up trouble. A house built by wisdom, uh, a house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and uh, with every precious and beautiful treasure. Verse thirteen: Eat honey, my son, for it is good. And the honeycomb is sweet to your palate. Realize that wisdom is the same for you. If you find it, you will have a future and your hope will never fade. So it's like wisdom is a key. Wisdom is a key to living a successful life. Those without it fall into folly. 
those with it live life with purpose. 17. Don't gloat when your enemy fell. Don't gloat when your enemy falls. And don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see, be displeased, and turn his wrath away from him. So if you really want to punish your enemy, don't gloat or rejoice when they stumble. Because the Lord is going to take care of it. And the question is, do you have faith that the Lord will take care of it? That the Lord will deal with their enemies, I mean, with their issues as to why they're your enemy. They're your enemy for a reason. And if you are displaying righteousness, then you're just to to trust in the Lord that he's going to handle your enemies. That is if you're dealing in righteousness. Because unrighteous people have enemies. The enemy of an unrighteous person presumably is a righteous person. So the Lord isn't going to exact vengeance on the righteous person, but the wicked. Verse 27. Complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterward, build your house. Now, this is great advice for young men in particular. Um, Build your, you know, build your your revenue base, your career, whatever. Get yourself straight financially. Then go get you a wife and build your house. Okay. <clears throat> After you get everything settled. See, a lot of times people, in my opinion, do things prematurely, and they're not ready for the responsibility yet. Verse 30. I went by the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of one lacking sense. Thistles had come up everywhere, weeds covered the ground, and the stone wall was ruined. I saw and took, a, and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will uh, come like a robber and your need like a bandit. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little photo. What, what is this identifying? This is identifying kind of a lazy person who doesn't really want to get out there and, and be productive. So if you do that, you know, too long, too often, poverty is going to come on you like a bandit, like a robber. Verse 25. Excuse me, chapter 25, not verse 25. Down to verse 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. (laughs) What does this mean? (laughs) A lot of times when we have an enemy, we want to see them get it. We want to be the one that gives it to them. You know, we want to, we want the satisfaction of that. But the word says here, Solomon says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink for you will heap burning coals on his head. And so if somebody is truly your enemy and you are being nice to them, that drives them nuts. (laughs) Because they want to hate you. They want to be your enemy. And it does not compute with them for somebody who's my enemy to be kind to me and therefore not allowing me to justify my wrath against them. 
So how am I, you know, so, so I've got this internal hatred and wrath that has no avenue, that has no path to get out of me because I can't get at this person because they're being nice to me. That drives them crazy. <laughs> and it says the Lord will reward you if that's the way you handle it. Verse 28, a person who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. The city wall is to protect the city from the enemies, you know, roaming armies attacking the citizens and whatnot. And so the wall is to protect that city. A person who does not control his temper is like a broken down wall. If you don't control your temper, then all of the manifestations of that anger and whatnot will start to feed on you, will start to attack you, will start to harm you. Chapter 26, verse 1. Like snow in summer and rain at harvest, honor is inappropriate for a fool. Verse 3. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Proverbs has a lot to say about fools. <laughs> verse 6. The one who sends a message by a fool's hand cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. If you have something that's important that you need to send to somebody, uh, uh, a message uh, that needs to get something, don't give it to a fool to give them that message. That's just going to get you in trouble. They may never get it. The fool may change it. You know, you have no idea. In other words, this goes to you. Know, uh, this goes to um, you watching over who you trust. It's essentially it's saying here, don't trust a fool. Verse 11. Ooh. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his follies. As a dog returns to his vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. Follies, foolishness, craziness, whatever. In other words, the fool does not learn from previous experiences. The fool keeps doing it over and over and over again and keeps re reaping the negative consequences. As a dog returns to its vomit, <laughs> can we get more graphic than that? <laughs> so also a fool repeats his foolishness. Verse 12, do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? You know, a person that thinks they know everything, a person that is not humble, a person that will not listen because they're convinced that they're always right, you know? Do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than him. Now, we've been talking a lot about the ridiculousness of the fool and how to avoid them and how to, you know, the, the fool is getting hammered here. But this one says, the person who is wise in his own eyes has less hope than the fool. They're worse than the fool. They are in fact being a fool when they are wise in their own eyes. Verse 13, the slacker says, there's a lion in the road, a lion in the public square. <laughs> So the slacker, again, is going to bring up all kind of excuses as to why he or she can't do something. 
Verse 17, a person who is passing by and meddles in a quarrel that's not his is like one who grabs a dog by the ears. In some translations, it says a vicious dog. In other words, a person who is not minding their own business, who is being nosy and injecting themselves into a quarrel that's not theirs, is like one who grabs a vicious dog by the ears and is subject to getting bit and hurt. And so it's basically warning against being a busybody. Don't be getting involved in things that aren't your business. Now, we're not talking about somebody's getting assaulted in the street and you're going to rescue somebody or, or something like that. No, this is saying quarrels. You know, it may be you may be witnessing a boyfriend and a girlfriend uh, having a, um, uh, a heated discussion. You may be, you know, witnessing something else that's none of your business. Don't be a busybody. Don't be sticking your nose in there. It's not your concern. Let's see. Yeah, let's go to chapter 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Don't toot your own horn. Do what you need to do with excellence. Let other people brag on you. Not only is that a sign of humbleness or humility, that's also going to be taken more sincerely because it's not coming from you. Verse 12, a sensible person sees danger and takes cover. The inexperienced keep going and are punished. The key here is identifying what is true danger. See, and not being nosy again and, and wandering into it, that's a sign of inexperience. But again, you have to recognize true danger. Verse 17, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. So this is like two, two real tight friends and they keep each other sharp. They challenge each other, you know, they, they challenge each other to be better. You know, they, they challenge each other when, when someone, uh, one of them might be doing something wrong, the other one challenges them, and, and vice versa. It's a good, healthy relationship. Verse 20, Sheol and Abaddon, they're like forms of hell, are never satisfied, and people's eyes are never satisfied. <laughs> In other words, this is pointing to the lust of the eyes and, and covetedness and people seeing things and wanting them and they know it's wrong, but they let themselves get out of control. Verse 23, know well the condition of your flock and pay attention to your herds for wealth is not forever, not even a crown lasts for all time. Pay attention, you know, to what's going on with your finances, pay attention to what's going on with your relationships. Be aware, be present, know the condition so that you don't get surprised and those things be taken from you. And with that, we are going to stop here in Proverbs chapter 27 and we are going to pick up with Proverbs chapter 28 tomorrow. We're gonna to end uh, the book of Proverbs tomorrow. And so everybody have a blessed day and you take care now, bye-bye.